Praise the Lord. This is Brad Julius. I deal with me again. We are going through the book of First Corinthians. We are in chapter 15. And we have reached verse 24, 25, where Paul was talking about the resurrection. In this whole chapter, he was talking about resurrection. So he started by saying, Christ resurrected is an evidence that there will be resurrection of the dead. And Christ actually said it when he was on. I said, he has come to bear witness to the truth. So what do you mean by truth? If I, he was saying that before Pontius Pilate. He said, I have come to be, he said he was born to bear witness to the truth. And Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? The truth is that there is a God. That's the truth. Because some agents don't believe there's any God. The truth is what is the purpose of God creating mankind on earth. It was logical that he gave us the purpose. We are, we are, he said, we are, in the, we are in this field. He created us and put us in this field. We are the good crop. And those that are the children of the devil are the evil crop that are going to be born. So that is bearing witness to the truth. The truth is that there will be a resurrection of the dead and they are going to stand before God. That is also the truth. Some Pharisees be, preach that. They believe it. But the Sadducees don't, don't believe it. So Christ siding with the fact that there is going to be a resurrection that shows is bearing witness to the truth. So those are all the truth that he was behaving with. And then he resurrected himself to show that there is the, that is the beginning of the resurrection phase. Where the dead will be resurrected into immortality. Then we are waiting for the general harvest where he's going to take all the dead in Christ. And all the sins that are left that we caught up together with him. That will be the general harvest that is coming. And that is the general harvest we are waiting for. And when that occurs, there will be another interval of almost a thousand years. When... People also probably then there will be a gleaning when the, all the dead will be resurrected to stand before God, and that gleaning is revealed in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Go and read it, chapter 20, the last few verses. That they all stand before God, the white throne judgment, and the books were open. And another book was open called the book of life, and only those people that were found in the book of life will be saved, others will be thrown to the lake of fire. So, if anybody is saved in that white throne judgment, they are just the gleaning. That you people do at the end of all harvesting before they burn the field, and that is because the farmer that's planted these things is about to clean it up and burn everything that is sharp and start something new. And that is why a new heaven, a new heart is to be started. But to do that, he has to burn all the things out of the field, and that is the plan of God. And his joy, Christ has revealed it and he's come to bear witness to the truth. So that is what we are reading here. And Apostle Paul continued to explain it in verse 24. See, then come at the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put all put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So the last enemy, which is physical death, will be put away forever. There will be no more death, according to the book of Revelation chapter 21. No more death when God put away the physical death. That is the beginning of the new heaven and the new earth. But for verse 27 says, For he has put all things under his feet, but when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. And when all things are, shall be subdued under him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Else, what shall, we, what shall they do? We shall baptize for the dead, if the dead rise not at all. Why are they baptized for the dead? Now, this is a a point, a doctrine that Apostle Paul was mentioning here that was 
some denominations still believe still believe it, but some men you know practicing tamarit. He was saying people are baptized for the day. Where after they are, when the logical resurrected, the apostles in the first generation, they remember that they believe that when Christ is has saved us, is saving mankind, if it is for all human race that have been saved, and people are asking about what about our uncle that died before Christ came? Is he lost? What about our auntie that died before Christ came? Is she lost in her lake of fire? And they were concerned by the past away souls of their relatives that didn't know about Christ. The Bible says that Christ went and preached to some souls in prison. But they are not sure what about their family members that had died just about the time Christ came, before Christ came, before Christ was preached, before Christ was resurrected. Because now the church started, anyone that believes in Christ, you are saved. It's changed hearts, it's been given. God is giving us a new spirit. They say, well, what about those people that are dead before this church started? How do we so be, the apostles started saying they can baptize. They say if you believe and you are baptized in water, you shall be saved. So they decided to say maybe we can, maybe, because they started doing it, then it's not passed after that. They were now baptizing people. Say, can you represent your aunt that died? And we just baptize you for him or for her. And so that was why they began to baptize people for the dead. That's what Apostle Paul was saying that. Why are they baptizing people for the dead if they don't believe that these dead are going to be resurrected? So that the apostles begin to believe that they, if they are baptizing them for the for those that are passed on that they are their relatives, maybe the we are up saying maybe, but that was the doctrine that the Lord is using that baptism to symbolize that they people that are passed on are the ones that are baptized because they are believing Christ. But if Christ says he that believeth and is baptized, are we sure they believe? We are we sure they believe when they didn't know about these things. But the Bible said, according to Apostle Paul's letter here. Some people are doing it in that generation. They believe they believe that they, those people can be can be saved by that because he said that believers and is baptized. We believe. Can we believe for somebody that we don't know whether he is dead before this thing started? Can we believe for them? We don't know because they are now baptizing for them. So that's really what is the question is. It's a kind of a faith. Can we exercise our faith in that line? Is what Apostle Paul is saying. If they are exercising their faith in that direction, because faith can do great things. Faith can do what is faith. Faith is believing what you cannot see. That you believe God says it's going to happen. So God put them in their heart that yeah, believe for it because God is there. God can see them. Can God make them believe? Even though they have never heard this doctrine preached to them. Well, maybe somebody is preaching to them over there. We don't know on the other side. Preaching to their souls. Because the Bible said Christ went to preach to the souls in prison. So if Christ could preach to them that were before him that died, Maybe our loved ones also were preached to by Christ. So that's what they are getting the idea from. That Christ went to preach to them. So for three days he preached to them in, that are in prison, in hell, or in, in the paradise. So those who are there then will have heard the gospel. But if they heard, are they, are they going to be baptized? Well, let's baptize somebody for them. So that is where this idea came from. That verse 21 says, Else, what shall they do? We shall baptize for the dead. If the dead rise not again, rise not at all. Why are they then baptized for the dead? So that's a question. So it's a faith, exercising of faith that the apostles or the disciples did in that first generation. They are baptizing some of their members for the past loved ones that they believe that they, they can be saved if they baptize on this side for them that are on that side. Verse 30. And why stand we in jeopardy every, every hour? That's Apostle Paul saying, why are we almost getting ourselves killed if, the, if, it's, if it's just for now, when for now we are being killed, if there's no hope for the future? That we are going to live again. 
and resurrected again. If there's no father, why are we being killed for now? Everybody will have said it's not worth it, also. But it's worth it if you know that there's a, a new kingdom coming where all these people that are killed for Christ will be resurrected to live again forever this time. So that is why he said, verse 31, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. He said, he said I die daily. I mean, every day I, I was being persecuted. If it's just for this life now, what am I gaining if I am giving myself to be persecuted and killed? I will have just surrender to this world, let's be friends and enjoy this life because there's nothing after that. Said, but no, there's something after this world. That's why I'm ready to be crucified here so I can enjoy the other one that is coming, the kingdom of God that is coming. So that is why he said, I die daily. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it me if the dead rise not? So why am I why am I fighting? I'm ready to kill myself, ready to kill some. I'm almost committing suicide. If there's if just for this life, it's not worth killing yourself. Or if there's no afterlife, if there's nothing after this life, then why are you going to short, cut short your life in this uh, warfare that you are, you are participating in? You'll have said, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we all die. You know, it's, it's be not deceived, first three. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. He says, but some man, some man, you say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? He said, that's complication. Some people have scientifically thinking, well, this dead, their body is rotting in the grave. How are they going to come back alive? And he's going to address that in this sense. He said, thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Now he's comparing this resurrection with sowing seed let's say you take a corn you plant it in the ground see that corn will first look like it died it is in dying that something come out of it it should come out of a dying seed so that's how the process is he said there's a power in that corn that seed that you plant in the ground there's a power that god put in that corn that as he's dying is rotting something is coming out from him that is the resurrection he said that is the same way god has created it that this body as you put in the grave is going to shoot out something and it's not going to be like a plant that cannot move but the spirit is going to come back and it's going to come a new body so that's what he's trying to explain here using physical things to explain spiritual things and you 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 better understand this i pray that you understand this he said that which you plant it does not that which thou swear at seven thou swears not that body that shall be but bear green, maybe chance of wheat or some other green. But God giveth it a body as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. What the body of this seed that is growing is some plant that's coming out of that seed. All flesh is not the same flesh either. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. In short, he's saying our body is, is like a sea when it's planted into the ground. Those are who died and they are planted to the ground. And something is going to come out of it. That's what he's saying. Just like you plant a corn, something is going to come out of that corn. As that ball, as that corn disintegrates into dying, something shoots out. And the the, ball, the power in that corn brings something out that called the, 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 
the, the shoot the root goes down the shoot comes up forming a new body for the corn that is going to produce something else and he said the the same way with human beings and god has some power inside the bones of human beings that is going to produce something when they, that, that comes that's why it's going to make the graves open so it's explaining to yourself that even that even the body our body is different from the animal's body and it's different from the body of fish is different from the body of the birds everybody is different it's even the, uh, the terrestrial body there's a celestial body and they say there's a glory of the sun another glory of the moon another glory of the stars for one star they far from another star in glory just comparing that our body is different just like you see the corn is going to produce corn the wheat is going to produce wheat stock when you they when they outside look like they are shooting something better as they grow you see the wheat that this is corn stock this one is going to be wheat stock this one is going to be another orange but they all come out shooting up shooting down and they all have different bodies that are going to produce and it's using that also to compare for human body and animal body that they are different the power inside every seed produce that kind of tree that's coming out of that seed and the same way with the body of human of humanity verse 42 says so also is the resurrection of the dead it is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power you see these things look like what's he talking about it's more or less saying that there's going to be a raising of this thing that you have planted in the ground that you say is dead and you bury it it's going to be a raising of it according to what god has said it's going to raise the dead but it's going to raise it into a spiritual body verse 44 it is sown in a natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body and so it is the first man adam was made a living soul the last adam was made a quickening spirit albeit that was not first which is spiritual but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual the first man is of the earth earthy. the second man is the lord from heaven as is the earthy so shall they also that are earthy and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Let's stop right there and explain this. Now, we were born into this world through our, through our, mother, our daddy and our mother came out of our mother's body, our mother's womb, and we have a physical earthly body. Also. And that earthly body is a mortal body, just like Adam had a mortal body. And that's why we are, we, as Adam was happy, we are also happy. So that body is the same thing that our Lord Jesus Christ came and put on a body in the womb of Mary and as an earthly body. But now he has gone down and gone, come up in resurrection and put on a spiritual body that is immortal now that can turn to light and appear and disappear. That is the immortal body that he is wearing. And he is the Lord from heaven. And he's the second Adam. So the Apostle Paul is saying, as we have borne the image of the first Adam with the earthly body in the uh, first bath through our mother, we are, go, we are having a second bath which is called born again. That's why Christ said born again. We have to be born again. But now it's a spiritual bath. If you don't have that spiritual bath, you will not partake in this heavenly body we are talking about. Because the logic that is giving us this new bath 
has both ugly body and he has a heavenly body that he is now wearing about. And Apostle Paul is giving us an example here that as we are born the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. And it's by believing in Christ Jesus that you are born again. And when you are born again, it's like a new birth. Your spirit is giving a new birth. It's going to, the power is in that spirit that's going to give you a new body, a new physical body. That's the Holy Ghost is putting in us. That is the that's the heavenly body that we are going to get. It's going to reproduce a heavenly, a type of body that will be immortal, like our Lord Jesus Christ's body. Whether we are being resurrected or we are being changed, it is the spirit of God that's already put in our spirit. That is the new birth that is going to generates in us an immortal body. Just like it generated in our Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't the body that he put in the grave for three days didn't disintegrate. He took it back out and it's turning to immortal body that can grow and be like a ball of light and go up and, and disappear. And that is the same heavenly body that our spirit has been given the power of the Holy Ghost when we are born again. It's born again, it's a new birth. A new birth is a new spirit inside us that has that power, that potential is already there in the Holy Ghost in us that will make us be regenerated into that heavenly body that Christ, Christ Jesus Christ already have. That you say we are going to have to bear that same image of this of the heavenly body. That's what Apostle Paul was explaining in verse 49. As we are born the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. We see now. Now the flesh and blood is what we have right now. But it has to be changed. That's why it's going to say in a moment we are going to be changed. Not all of us are going to die physically. It's going to be changed. Let's read on. See, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God because corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That is, not all of us are going to die physically. That's what it means. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. That's what I'm trying to explain. That the power is in that seed. That corn seed that you want to plant. There's a power inside you do not know it. You just take a corn seed. You say you want to plant it. You put it in the ground. And as the seed looks like it's dying, it's dying. There's something shoot out of it that produces the corn stalk. That is going to produce new bunch of corn also. The same way, there's a power in us that God has already put in our spirit. Now that power is in the spirit of humanity. But we are to be born again to get the power that will bring the immortal body. That's what Christ is giving to us. He said, as Christ has born the image of the earthy, he is now in the image of the heavenly. And we are born the image of the earthy. And many that are died are waiting in the paradise. And we that are alive, that have the Holy Spirit already, the Holy Spirit is that power inside our spirit. It will quicken our mortal body in the end. It will quicken our mortal body to, to recreate that immortal, immortal body that is going to be a new, a new life. We call it a new spirit or a new, a new being that we have this heavenly body that is describing here. Because he said we are going to have to bear the image of the heavenly, which is the image of Christ, which is now a mortal body that is wearing about. 
and those who are there are going to get their own immortal body in that resolution. Those who are alive are going to be changed to that immortal body in the translation. And that's what Apostle Paul says, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, not all of us are going to be dead and buried in the grave. But we shall all be changed. Both those who are dead and buried in the grave will be resurrected into that immortal body. And without our life, we'll be changed into our own immortal body by the power that is already in us, in our sea, which is the Holy Ghost in us. The Holy Ghost in our spirit. Verse 22 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, and the Lord God shall sound. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Hallelujah. The dead will be raised. The dead in Christ first. And we shall be changed, as all of us will be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. The Bible says Christ has abolished death. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10, Christ has abolished death, even this physical death also. And brought life and immortality to light through the gospel of preaching. So this mortal body must put on immortality that we are going to receive from Christ. This, can, this uh, corruptible body must put on incorruption. So that we shall not be able to be hurt anymore or dare die anymore. Verse 54 says, So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory when the body has been changed to immortality, when the corruptible has put on incorruption. And when the mortal body has been put, are put on immortality, verse 55 says, O oh death, where is thy sting? O oh grave, where is thy victory? Verse 56 says, The sting of death is sin. Sin is the sting of death. And the strength of sin is the law. Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, because people are already doing it, and they are condemned. That's the strength of sin, is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ who has abolished death in our life by taking sin away from us. Sin has to be there with first. Because the strength of sin is law. Sin has to be there with first. And when sin is taken away from our soul, so that we are no more sinners, born again, that's what gives, takes sin away from us. And our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's our it's our, it's our, it's our I praise and that is a presenting our case before God is our praising propitiation for our sin is what I was looking for. Propit is the propitiation for our sins, and our sins are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Once and for all, He has redeemed us. So we that believe it are sanctified, are kept apart for this thing we are talking about. Sanctified, set apart for this thing we are talking about that's going to come. The the, the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is what Jesus Christ has done, not because you try your best to be holy. It is what Jesus Christ has done by His blood. And His Spirit now is the Lord of all and is in us. He said, we live in them and move in them. And the Father and the Son is in us individually. It's in you and it's in me. And that Spirit of God is, is, is creating this in us. Creating this new body that we are talking, mortal body that is going to manifest at the end, is creating it. The power is already in this in the seed that you plant. The power is already in our spirit. That's why the Holy Ghost is given to every believer, every believer. To speak at all, the Holy Ghost is already given to every believer. That is the power that is going to bring forth the immortal body, the heavenly body. That you said we shall bear the image of the heavenly. 
and the Lord Jesus Christ is the first fruit. He has borne that image, and we are going to bear it also, either in the resurrection or in the rapture. Verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because if people don't have any hope of there will be a new life after this physical world of death, they will think there's nothing after then they would want to just live this life out in their sin and ungodliness and that's what some doctrines of some religions is or some unbelievers some atheists think this is it this world is it and they think uh, there's nothing no they're not going anywhere they thought when they die they're just dead like animal and they are rotting that's all from that's all about life just think about it these consciences these things how can you just be the end of it just by dying that's all no that's not the end of it your spirit and soul goes to some way and you are still as conscious over there as you are conscious here only that you are no more physically alive that is you are no more able to communicate with these people with people on this side but you'll be on another place in the prison yard if you don't belong to christ or in paradise with those that are waiting for the resurrection because god planned that he's going to bring those people back and they will live again because this is the planet he created for mankind the physical world is what he created for human beings God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over these things we are creating on the, on the physical world. So God in this invisible world created this visible world, this visible universe, and created man to live in this visible universe and put spirits that he created into physical body that will live in this physical world. We are to expect to live forever in an immortal body that can enter the spirit world and come back to the physical world, but this is our home. The physical world is our home, the visible world. Think of the astronauts going to the moon. They have to put on a what they call space suit, like look like a masquerade, not so a masquerade that clothing. But the real human being is in that masquerade that look like a like a, a masquerade, not so. That is how we are wearing this body in this physical world. For me to see you, for you to see me, I have to put on this physical body. My spirit and soul is put on this physical body. That has gates, eye gates, nose gates, mouth gates, ear gates for communication with the physical world. Any spirit that comes to this world that does not have this physical body cannot communicate with us. It will communicate, communicate with our mind, but we can't see him. We may hear his voice, we can't see him physically. For me to see him physically, I must, he must have a body like this in the physical world for me to see with my physical eye. See? God has shown me that there are things in that world that. I was in a vision one time where I was transported to this place. I thought I was transported physically. I thought I was this physically, but after I thought about it, after I woke up and I thought about it, I thought maybe I was actually there in the spirit. But what do you mean? In, I, in this vision, I was in this place and actually I saw myself in a, in a vehicle that landed in this place. And when I landed, somebody helped me down because I was like bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down on my feet. I bounced like a ball. And this friend helped me down. And when I helped me down, he said, let me walk. And I walked with him. And we went to a place that looked like a, a restaurant in that place. And I went to the restroom. Let me use the restroom. And look at the restroom. There was a mirror on the wall, just like in Earth. A mirror on the wall. But I look at the mirror. I couldn't see myself in that mirror. And I was wondering, what happened to me? I touched the mirror. I couldn't see myself physically. I'm looking at the mirror. I saw the mirror in the room. But I saw an image. I looked back. Somebody was behind me. I could see him in the, in, the, in the mirror. I couldn't see myself. 
I was holding my dad. I said, then I woke up. God made me to see that experience to make me to see that I am a scientific person. I have masters in electrical engineering, so I know what is reflection. I know what is physics. The Lord said, "What do you think about? That? Was I there in the physical, or was I there in the spirit?" And I preached this in my congregation. If I was there physically, I should be able to see myself. That place was a physical place, no? But if I couldn't see myself, that means nothing reflecting back to my eyes, no? A mirror should reflect in me back to my eyes. That's why I see something in the mirror. But I saw that guy that came into the room. I saw it in the mirror. I looked back and said, there's somebody. But I saw his image. I couldn't see mine. So which means he must be there in the image that could be reflected by the mirror. So he said I was there in the spirit because I told my brother, angels are here with us. Angels. And they can see us. They can see the room. But we cannot see them. But they are here. But if they look in the mirror, they won't see themselves in the mirror either. They might be able to see me, but they won't be seeing themselves in the mirror. I said, maybe I was actually there in the spirit. If I was there in the spirit, that place, there must be a, local, a physical location somewhere that God just transported me in the space. It was in space. So that means that there is a life somewhere in other planets. That's what that really points to me. But I'm trying to point that one out as an example that that is really how we know that this world there are many words over there. I will continue this in the next broadcast. I think we are actually finishing this chapter of chapter 15 because it said, Beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of love for us, much as you know that your labor is not in vain. In law. Our labor is not in vain. God bless you.